Done by the immensely talented Sean Scavarna. Extremely um, late, but it's here. <laughs> it's it's here. It's here. And I'm gonna I'm gonna actually remove both of us for a second here so that people can gaze on it. Audio listeners, sorry, it's gonna be silent for a minute. That is that beautiful uh, character that Sean created uh, as a representation of our show. Um, now we need to name him. So if you guys out there, um, hopefully after we're done recording this episode, I can convince Sean to actually publicly share it because he hasn't yet. Um, surprisingly, I have been very tight lipped because I figure we are doing it on here versus me just throwing it out there to the wind. So now that this is like the official, like last episode, I did put it out there and I, when I shared our episode, you yep. saying, Hey, you might want to watch the intro. There's a little something different. That's not, <clears throat> yep. yeah. There's a little something different this time around. Yep, I just kind of snuck it in there. We didn't We didn't make a big deal about it. Yeah, yeah. So this, I figured once we put it out there on the show officially, then I'll do it. Because I. this has been a way long time in the making. And um, and it, it, it only seemed fair to do it on the show first so we appreciate some it's wonderful artwork and uh guys if you've got any thoughts when sean shares out there you can gaze at a little bit thoughts on names let us know you know maybe we'll maybe we'll roll something up maybe we'll do a little uh, a little naming contest that could be yeah i think that'd that could be, be that could be fun um any any host of legends of grayskull or off world i would have to say can yeah, we're out of the running because yeah, he, he can't be the legend daddy. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> There's already four of those guys. No, but, I, don't, um, I don't want Curtis getting credit for anything. Else. Well, that too. So we got it. That's why I want to expand the umbrella there. So. Technically, that would have been Will White, though. Billy Beige, because he was the one. No, I just mean Curtis. I, I'm trying to find a way to make Curtis ineligible. Oh, God. Well, he's already ineligible because he's on Offworld. That yeah, that's what I'm saying. But so, so exactly. any of our shows, except for yes. Jesse. Je- Jesse yes. can participate. <laughs> he 
He's I'll the sunny one. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let him participate. Oh, uh, we should we should probably cut all this. Um, <laughs> but yes, we are back. It is episode one hundred and eight. We yeah. are cruising right along. Sean, how you doing today? I'm doing better than I thought I would. I I told Matt on a personal level, I, I had one of the first migraines in a long time. I've had it uh, last night. So that required quite a lot of sleep on my part. But I am here and I'm feeling better. And I'm ready to talk to the Masters of the Universe. How about you, Matt? I'm doing How good. How are you? We, I am here. Good. Talk Masters as well. We'll get into... Well, we are going to be reviewing the Mike Young Productions episode, The Snake Pit, in a little bit here. Um, and I'm really excited for that. It's It's been a hot minute, but we'll get into all of that. So, uh, but yeah, stay tuned. We're going to get there. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, but before that, Mattel actually just, uh, Mattel's been very friendly. With our recording schedule, they're really yeah. trying to help us out here. They they they've been giving us the exclusive, you know, the exclusive heads up on some stuff. Um, it's worked out very nicely. So, about fifteen minutes ago, now so about seven minutes before we started recording, they did share that on October twelfth. We will find out what the next Masters of the Universe crowdfund project will be. And you will have to check out the Mattel Creations YouTube channel for that. So, uh, as you guys recall, that was the fan vote between the backtrack uh, filmation version, Wardax uh, Tank from the filmation series, the Doom Tower, which is the filmation fright zone. The vintage toy fright zone and the uh actually Jimenez neo vintage playset concept for the snake men so yeah uh stay tuned for that i do find it interesting though they do they definitely say now though that we are getting one of those even though they allowed you to vote two mm -hmm. uh it specifically says here the next so um, yeah for all we know, they're eventually getting to the mall as long as it keeps selling. I mean, we still don't really know. I think it was just kind of to gauge the interest, and maybe they'll move right down the list, and in a couple years' time, we'll have all five of those. I, If the line keeps going, I mean, it, I it, so the distri distribution-wise, it is going to Mattel Creations. For hang on, let me let me close this. Let me make a the, the filmation ones are, are going to so be... So, to finish out their origins to finish out the origin the vintage stuff it'll the, go they're going there but yeah. then filmation origins will be in store they're they're going to be on the peg yeah which three out of the five of those to vote yep. on yep are filmation concepts so you know what i mean like that's thinking about it more now it's more like well maybe this maybe they did really just want to get kind of like a priority list Makes sense. Um, I, I thought it was funny. I, I uh, every now and then I go on to Toy Frenzy and co-host there. And last week I was on. We were talking about this after we talked about it as well on on our last episode. And I think I started something because now they want the collector more than any of those other choices. <laughs> <laughs> 
we we talked about it on here but i'm like how how is it that they didn't even bother to throw that as an option when they gave three horde options yeah but the collector is nowhere to be seen yet there's two or three distinct filmation uh uh choices so i don't know i've never been able to figure out how they handle the line because they've always made these decisions that to me i'm just like okay why would this be released before this or i don't know i got nothing or playing devil's advocate maybe for some reason they feel that the collector is strong enough to be a retail release which would that actually i could agree with because other than the filmation attack track i think the collector is probably one of the most wanted from filmation that fans never got so yeah i i could even People yell at me, tell me I'm wrong, but I would even posit that the collector is Skeletor's most recognizable vehicle. Even with it never having been made into a toy. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally a skull-faced yeah. battleship. Like, you know what I mean? So, and and it's in so many episodes of the cartoon, it's just synonymous with it, with Skeletor. Yeah. Um Probably, I mean, for me, when I think Skeletor vehicles, it's like it's like Land Shark, Collector, you know, and Rotan, which we've gotten two of those already in the line. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I mean, like, I always have my you know my grumpiness and all that about filmation, but even as a kid, if that would have came out. You could damn well be sure I would have bugged my mom for that one in particular. Like he, yeah. I, I didn't get some of the later ones in the line in general, but that if they would have put it out at any point during the original toy line, that would have been a yes, please, I will definitely have this. And it was the whole you see it after school every yep. freaking day or just about. So then it's like you feel like you are missing out by not having it. And fans have felt like that for 40 years at this point. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no, completely agree. So, hopefully, cross fingers for everybody that wants it. I hope, yep. I hope it does happen. I hope you get it. And for the for the attorney's choice, I I honestly hope it's Doom Tower. Like that is that is, uh, I I voted Attack Track and Doom Tower. I really hope Doom Tower pulls it off. And that is the one that I will not be able to say no to. I will have to. I will have to jump on. I almost wish, I didn't say it last episode, but I almost wish that if they did Doom Tower, Mm -hmm. they came up with a way to come up with the other two sides to give it that extra that it always had on Filmation compared to it just being the tower. Yeah. I doubt they will because it just seems to me like they'd go, well, why bother when you already have the main point? But it really looks anemic. What what if... Compared to what we originally know from the cartoon. Yeah. What if they did the tower as the playset, but then like yeah. a stretch goal would be like the a addition. backdrop or or yeah. like just like just like walls or basically mm-hmm. that you know kinda I mean honestly I'd even go for like a, a sturdy cardboard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to just to kind of it, it almost it, give you a little bit more background. <sighs> The the thing that uh, that they've been doing with Origins is that whole they have those bases on them now, and you can add to them, right? Like Strider, like yeah, Strider yeah. piece that attaches the exactly does all that, yeah, yeah. And you could kind of combine them. I mean, this is the perfect example of just have it go onto a base and have the base have those parts to it, 
and just, you know, boom, good to go, you know, yeah. and just fill it out a little bit more. Um, I, I agree. Like that one for me was like, wow, they're going there because it's always been more iconic looking than the place that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, looking at it still, I'm like, it, it looks really anemic. It almost makes me think of like the rocket ship and Transformers, the movie with cup and hot rod without it having the rest of yeah. the pieces to it. So I'd also I don't, like that would be cool. I, I, I'd still like to see it in relation to something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause right. It, that, Cause like, even in this picture they shared here, like it is, it is the smallest of the four. Like yeah. it's literally looks like it's thinner than a tack track, which we know yeah. it can't be. You know what I mean? Like, it's all so, about scale. It's all about you know, get, right. give us a figure at the bottom or somewhere. So if that base is boom. like as wide as that toy fright zone looks, like that could mm-hmm. be a pretty substantial thing. You know, like yeah. it's all in relation right now. Yeah. Um, which I still maintain is purposeful, but that's just me. <laughs> um, You're not the only one. Let's put it that way. So uh, you know, there's people that are on to you, Mattel. Not just us. We started it, but there's others. <laughs> so we got that to look forward to October 12th. Uh, and then next week, September 27th, uh, just a little over a week, eight days from today, uh, Netflix is doing their drop one, uh, which they say that they will be releasing trailers for. Sonic Prime, Captain Laserhawk, Castlevania Nocturne, Blue Eye Samurai, Pluto, Scott Pilgrim takes off, Masters of the Universe Revolution, and much more. So, uh, they did release a drop one trailer for the trailer, but that did I, I save yourself a minute and 13 seconds, guys. This, what I'm showing you, is literally the only time anything Masters of the Universe is shown. So, um, but looking forward to that. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know now, now that I'm thinking about it, because every, I don't know about you, Sean, but in my feed the past couple of days, probably because the drop's coming out, there's been all those clickbait articles where it's like, revolution, release date, official details, and you click on it, and they're like, yeah, we don't know when it's releasing, but <laughs> it's probably going to be 2024. So, but the weird thing is, we still have those two scenes that were shown at Comic-Con that have never been officially released. Um... I feel like if it is going to be 2024, that it's too early for an actual trailer. So maybe it'll just be dropping those scenes. But then I also know that they've released, especially Master Universe, they've released stuff well before it was speculated that it was going to be released. So we might be closer than we think we are. Possible. I mean, uh, what, the last... I'm trying to remember with Revelation, that one hit... Was it a month before it, it came out? Maybe six weeks at the most. Six it was, weeks at the most. Four to six weeks. It wasn't long at all. I I just remember I was at uh my my kids had a doctor's appointment the day it hit. Yep. And I was I'm, in the doctor's office trying to watch it and not worry about my kids. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great. Wait, man in arms is saying something. You know, I was yeah. I was all in that mode at that day. But um, nope, I was at work. I was still at the store then, so I was in the back room. Like everybody, leave me alone for two minutes. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. I I figure 
when they were talking about like production schedules and stuff, I wouldn't figure that we were going to be getting it this year. But and especially again, I think you and I've talked about this before with the strikes going on and all that stuff. It seems a little weird that maybe this would be coming out, but I don't know. Um, well, no, because uh, it's it's done. Like they they finished recording, so it, it was written, it was recorded, and now they're animating. That's how Netflix works. That's how. So, it works. so everything's been recorded, everything's been written. All we're wait, all we're waiting as animation, which we know is a good stage long because they got at least two completed scenes. Yeah, I think, I think I think they pretty much animate kind of in order too. Like it's not like the old days where they're working on, you know what I mean? Like where they're like, we just have to get some episodes out. You know, mm-hmm. now they're like, oh, we're just gonna do this whole thing beginning to end. So, and that was the reason for that split originally in the first series because the front half was complete animated, the second half was waiting on animation. So that was one of the reasons they decided to split into two parts. But Revolution is only four episodes. It's half the it's half the length of Revelation was. Mm-hmm. So I don't, yeah, I, I still don't put twenty twenty three out of the possibility in my mind. Um, yeah, now, definitely they could wait out of respect to the strike, but I don't see the strike actually affecting. You know, like, we literally can't release it. Well, I think, uh, I don't know. I think there are other things that are coming out that they've been, yeah, like, post-production and all that kind of stuff, if I remember right. So it might not have anything to do with it. And I think I heard somewhere, it might have been when uh, Jesse and I went to see the Turtles movie. Um, we were looking up, like, what can you do and not do and yeah. voice acting actually is exempt from what they're striking about it because of the likenesses and the royalties or whatever. So I think it's a little bit different on that side of things, but um, I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll be curious if all of a sudden in, you know, November, December, all of a sudden we get another, uh, the, the four episodes hitting Netflix. So it'd be nice. um, Yeah. Um interesting just looking at this list um it's it's interesting seeing sonic prime i never watched it but i heard like it was supposed to be like kind of a one-off like its own uh kind of continuity so it's interesting to see that coming back i know it was a hit like i've heard lots of people love it um Mm. i think my son is big Uh, i i've never seen him go through a show as fast as this once sonic prime he found it first thing in the morning he finished it by lunchtime and he rewatched it before dinner. <laughs> I mean, if anything Sonic related hits, my son is about like I am with Masters of the Universe or or anything I love, where it's like he will jump on that and that'll be the only thing he does all day until it's finished. And he loved it. First season, he was explaining parts to me because I, w- I sat down watching a few episodes and I'm like, well, that's why, why did they do this? And he, he can explain to me the ins and outs of this show, and I'm like, at least you're paying attention. That's great. I'm glad that you're really enjoying this. But man, it's it it, it gets into like um, alternate dimensions. There's like an evil version of Tails, and I, I'm like, I got nothing. Okay, I'm glad <laughs> you're lucky, you know. And I, I was always a Mario kid growing up, so for me, it's like Sonic. 
Sonic is all about him as far as I'm concerned. Oh, so, yeah. So I, I'm glad he loves it, though. And then the Scott Pilgrim one surprised me. I didn't know there was going to be... Um, I, I heard something yeah. about a Scott Pilgrim show of some sort. Is it, I think this is the one where they brought back the whole cast, maybe? That's what I was just... I was looking up to get more information, because like I liked... The movie was great. The, yeah. the graphic novel was phenomenal. And so I was just looking this up, and yeah, they got Michael Sarah is going to be Scott uh, Pilgrim. Um, and you got Johnny uh, like, Simmons, Kieran Culkin, yeah, uh, Satya like, Baba, yeah, um, Brandon Routh, Chris Evans, everybody, and uh, Brie Larson. I, like that was the first time I ever saw Brie Larson in anything, and all of a sudden she blew up right after that. So. Yeah, and Mary Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead uh, as Ramona, like. Now see that I'm that one, it'll be neck and neck for me with that and Revolution because I love the movie, still feel it's underrated as hell, freaking great. The creativity and the visuals alone were were like pulling me into that. But on top of it, you're bringing back everybody from the movie, so it has that like, mm -hmm. hey, you know, it's like straddling that we're doing it in a different way, but we still have the people that made it great the first time. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, and I think that's what really brought because I I watched the movie first and then I went back and read the novel, but uh, but yeah, the casting in that was just freaking phenomenal. Um, <laughs> I still to this day I love the whole thing with Brandon Routh saying he's a vegan and then Thomas Jane showing up and no vegan powers. <laughs> yeah, God, that's great. And yeah, just, what what was that he said? Uh, um, uh. Gelato, gelato is a vegan. Milk and eggs, bitch. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I can't tell though if it's gonna. I mean, it, it says it brings everybody back. I'm not sure if it's just an like an uh, like an animated take on the the original story, or if it's something else. You know, like if it's uh, you know, what I mean, I think it, it sounds like it's just an animated retelling. That if they do that, that might make it less attractive because I haven't. All I heard was they were going to do an animated Scott Pilgrim, yeah, and are having everybody from the movie back again to voice their characters. But if that's what, I, like, I, the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, what what do you do with that? Because he defeats them all by yeah. the end of the movie. I mean, spoilers for anyone who never saw it. <laughs> he has to fight the League of Eagle, right. Evil Exes, yeah, and by the end of the movie, they're no concern to him. I'm not going to explain how he gets rid of them all. That's the brilliant part. You watch it for that. Um, I will say though, there, 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 curious. there is a lot more in the in the novel than there was in the. You know, I mean, just for time constraints. So if yeah. they're if they're fleshing it out a bit more, or even doing maybe even they're doing more like an invincible thing where they're taking the original, but they're like, how can we update this? How can we take care of mm -hmm. some of the, you know, issues, quote unquote. You know what I mean, like. Yeah, there's still even if they're doing that, like there's still something interesting in that for me. Yes. As long as they present something new, you know. I mean, we we talked about ad nauseum ourselves. Yes. You can do so much more in a series than you can do in a movie. It just you've got that time to to flesh everything out. No, uh, I didn't even know they had Castlevania in their thing. So that goes to show you. I've tried watching Castlevania and. It's not that I didn't like it. It just that there's nothing that really brought me. I think I watched the first season and part of the second season. And I don't know. I just, I never kept on with it. 
Mm. I'll probably go back and finish it one these days. I remember, like, it's beautifully animated. I mean, that's the uh, uh, powerhouse animated it. Nope. Just uh, Revelation and Revolution. But for me, yeah, I I, I tried watching it, and I got to – I think I watched the whole first season, but then previous seasons after that – yeah. I I don't like. Oh, it's on today. I'm gonna go check it out. I I just usually I'm like, oh, it's another season. Okay. Yeah, same thing. I watched the the first season. I watched pretty much all the way through, and I just it felt it felt like it took a really long time for anything to happen. And yeah. It was like, and then right, it's it was one of those where it's like at the end of the season, you're like, oh, that's what we're doing, and it's like, and that's the season, and it's like, and oh. that's it. Boom. Yep cool (laughs) it's kind of almost that that like the superhero origin story to me now where it's like we spend the whole movie and then that last shot is like him in the suit with the full powers and then that's it it's like well that's it kill me guys for me castlevania i grew up playing the first game i never got into any games past the first game though it wasn't out of me not liking it it was me just me having Oh, the Turtles games are out. I really want the Turtles games. If I had to right. do anything, I wanted the Turtles games. And from that point on, it just became like the, I love the first one. The rest of them just never, ever were played or whatever. And um, so it's like, it's one of those, I still remember that summer. There was a summer of Castlevania for me. And then after that, it was more just hit and miss on uh, keeping up with anything related to that one. So and the weird thing is for me, I don't know. It's like, Growing up, video games based on movies were cool to me. Mm. But like, I ne- the ones that were just video games, I would never sit there and be like, "This needs to be a movie." Mm. Like, I know they came out with Super Mario Brothers as a movie when I was a kid, but I never was like playing Mario Brothers and like, "Man, I wish this was on the big screen." Well, you know what I mean? Like, when I when I was a kid and they said they were making a movie of it, I still remember going, "How." Right. Like this is literally something that makes no sense to make into a movie. And then when I saw the movie, I remember sitting through it going, I think I need to be on some kind of an adult substance in order <laughs> to understand what the crap is happening here. Because the movie has nothing to do with the yeah. video game unless you have characters that are Luigi and Mario. And that's it. Um, and I, it, what's funny is the uh, the movie from this summer... Has yeah. now turned the old one into something that they're replaying a lot more of, and I'm like, mm-hmm. why? the The new one pretty much hit the nail on the head. Keep going with that. The best thing was Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, and those poor guys were drunk through all of that shoot, from what I understand. Why would you even bother? It, it's it's such a weird movie. But you know, it, you it's know one what? I'll actually try to watch again. I think just to make sure I'm right, not out of like, oh, I need to see it because I, I miss it. More like, is this really as bad as I remember it being? I <laughs> I didn't hate it as a kid. I didn't love it either, and I have rewatched it. I want to say recently, but more recently than you know, than you know, '94, whenever it dropped. But yeah, like it's not, it's not bad it's not good either like yeah. it, it is um i definitely it's one of those movies where i was surprised by the internet hatred of it because i'm like it's not that bad of a movie because that's what we're used to we're used to these you know kind of the same way right like you even though i love the video games based on movies like they were shit 
Yeah. Licensed video games were garbage, but mm-hmm. you know, I got to play as you know, as Batman or yeah. you know, Turtles probably had the best ones. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some good to ones. The future but, but for the most part, the licensed bit movie video games were shit. And oh, it, just, yeah. it is what it is. But yeah, just I just I never sat there needing it. Like the, Mario was one of my favorite video games, but there was no reason to make it in a movie. And I'm gonna throw a hot take here. The 2023 Super Mario Brothers? Me. I watched it once, and it's kind of the same thing. I'm like, yeah. That was that. Like, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I just, it was. I'm like, yeah, the characters look like the video game now, but it's still not. I don't know. I think it was, I think honestly, I think it was a little bit too much. Uh, spoiler alerts. You've, you've seen it, haven't you? I should. Multiple times now, okay. yes. Maybe I need to watch it. I don't know. But I just felt it was like too much. Like, to me, if you're gonna do Mario Brothers for a first time, you do you do Bowser, Catcher's Princess, Mario, throw Luigi in there if you want the buddy comedy, go save her. You know what I mean? And there were just it was just a little I don't know, you're just a little too much like like you didn't need Donkey Kong, you didn't need, you know, the carts, you didn't like I don't know, it just it just was. Like I said, I didn't hate it, I didn't love it either. I thought it looked great. And everything, obviously, much better than Bob Hoskins and uh, John Leguizamo. Thank you. No uh, problem. But and Dennis uh, Hopper too. Dennis freaking Hopper. Yeah, as King Koopa in that one. Yeah, <laughs> and I think honestly, Koopa bothered me. I'm like, why can't he just be an evil villain? Like, why we got to do this like romantic subplot thing? Like, I don't know. It was just like I said, it just was. I'm just like, ah, it's not great. It's not bad. It just, it is a Mar- it is a Mario Brothers movie to me. It it felt more legit than anything. Uh, like even uh, I've tried watching the cartoon now. I never watched the cartoon as a kid oh, because right. I couldn't get the cartoon in uh, <laughs> where I live. And for me, it was just literally I I just sat there grinning from ear to ear watching it with my kids, and even my wife sat there and she's like, "Oh my god, this is fun." And I'm like, the fact that my wife can sit in the movie theater, all four of us, and she's even happy to see it, was pretty surprising to me, number one. And then, uh, I mean, I'll I'll give it to you, like, the whole Bowser-Princess Peach angle was very weird, because I'm like, how is that supposed to work if it happens? Yeah. Granted, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but still, how is that supposed to work? And then, for me, the only thing that I'd say is an issue... Um, was I really wished it would have just been Mario and Luigi together discovering the That's world? Okay. Like, because the minute that they veer off when they get through, when they go into the warp zone, uh, or in the in, I, yeah, I guess that would technically be a warp zone. They get through the warp zone, but then they're separated while they're traveling, and like through the whole movie, my kids are like, "I just want to give Luigi a hug." He's always scared through everything, you know, and. He barely has a chance to do anything until the right. end. He has a great moment with that, at least. But there was that part of me where I'm like, the poor guy deserves a little bit more cred than that. I mean, th- there were more people. I knew more people that were excited to play Luigi as a second player at times. Yep. Or even play him in uh, Mario 2 than they wanted to go to Mario half the time because he got less love. Mm-hmm. So, and, and in the movie, they just did him dirty like that again. So. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it just it was. 
Thank you guys for turning in to, yeah. to Legend of Mushroom. <laughs> Legends of Nintendo. <laughs> oh, a hell of a podcast. Nintendo. Uh, it's a cereal. Wow. <laughs> I missed uh, that one. But real real quick, real quick, Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Um, so like early 2000s, you know, uh, I remember picking up the DVD of, the, you know, the complete Super Mario Brothers Super Show because I – same as you, I ne- I had never seen that show as a kid. Mm-hmm. I'd seen I'd seen maybe a couple episodes of uh, Super Mario Brothers three when that cartoon was out um, with the Koopalings and everything else, and didn't have live action. Um, but I'd never seen the Super. So I'm like, oh, and like either it was like Rhino or Shout, like they had like you know, yeah, it was like fifteen bucks for the entire set. I bought that, and I bought the Legend of Zelda cartoon series, and my. Mm-hmm. God, those are bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so bad. But I watched them all. <laughs> I bought it, that DVD. It, I'm watching them all. <laughs> I I actually, I've seen a few episodes because I think it was on Netflix or something at one point, And my kids had it on just out of curiosity. And we would watch like maybe the first two episodes. And they'd go, well, I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah. I'm like, me neither. Like, let's put something different. I'd say, honestly, I'd rather watch the Captain Lou bits that they did in the, as the bookend parts more than I'd rather watch the show because at least there you would have this like it, it's not going to be what you what the, the video game's about but it's almost here's a sitcom with Mario and Luigi let's just run with it that was more fun to watch than the actual animation bits where I'm sitting there going how did that happen <laughs> what you know it's like that was one of those where the, things off the screen would just show up to help the characters and then they're like yay and then they do their thing and you're like that that's not how it works that's not how any of this works oh God. we're gonna get a lot of nasty comments on that problem yeah. <laughs> last hot take on mario then i promise guys we'll get back to master <laughs> universe this, one's not, this one i don't think is a hot take i think everyone will probably agree with me Biggest video game disappointment in my childhood that I, I still stings to this day. Um, because I was the guy that wanted to play as Luigi. I was, if, you know, two players, give me player two. They came out with the game Mario is Missing. And I'm like, oh, you're going to get to play as Luigi? You're going to get to save Mario? And then it turned out to be a freaking educational, like, reading and <laughs> more where in the world is Carmen San Diego, but not as fun type uh, game. Oh. Yeah, if you, if you don't know Mario is Missing, look it up. I'm like, yeah. this this is what Luigi gets. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm thinking Mario is Missing. Cool, I get to be Luigi. I get to run through the Mushroom Kingdom and save Mario. No, it's 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 like a point and click uh, educational game. Yeah, yeah, terrible. I I didn't even know that was a game. So that, there you go. That that shows that shows how much I've known about Nintendo for how long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, so I think that's all the news we had. So on to our main discussion here. It's been a hot minute, but we are finally back to the Mike Young Productions He-Man 
and the Masters of the Universe series. And today we're going to take a look at episode 21, Snake Pit. Uh, so this originally aired on March 29th of 2003. It was written by Stephen Melchin, directed, as always, by Gary Hartell. Uh, chronologically, the previous episode was Buzz Off's Pride, and the episode after this was The Island. So, mm. yeah, very... <laughs> It's a device of time in the Masters community. <laughs> Very interesting uh, placement there. So. Yeah. Um, so, Sean, I know we can we can talk briefly. If you guys, well, if you guys want to check us on our back catalog, episode one of Legend, like literally episode one, Legend mm-hmm. of the Grey Skull. Uh, we talk in depth about how we got to Mike Young and everything, and we talk. We kind of do a the beginning review, but I'm not gonna lie, we didn't get as in depth as there as we wanted because we also kind of tied it in with all of our beginnings and everything else. So, yeah. Um, but it's there. Obviously, I was I was watching day and date, even with the shuffle around tsunami Saturday, wherever they moved it to, I was watching and recording uh, each episode because I was still in the times where you weren't guaranteed. You know, DVD releases were just starting to become a thing. VHS releases, you could usually get, like, anime and, like, popular series, like Star Trek Next Generation, like, big hit shows on VHS releases. Um, But even then, you didn't get everything, necessarily. So, yeah, I was recording every episode just as my way of, like, I'm not going to have this be like Filmation, where I don't have any of the episodes. Like, I'm going to make sure I have all the episodes. Um (laughs) Flash forward to where they're readily available. And this is streaming right now. Uh, Amazon Prime has it if you have that subscription. And uh, YouTube has it on the Mattel Action channel. Yeah. Uh, which is also why you cannot find a lot of our previous Mike Young production reviews on our YouTube channel. Because Mattel went through and hit us with a cease and desist. Um, they know us. Back back <laughs> when uh, they were getting ready to release the Mattel Action Channel. So, yeah. but every episode is available audio, and this has just been a reminder to me that I need to get back and do some fancy editing to get those uh, episodes back online. Um, uh, it's because it's because we actually included clips. Anything where we included clips got taken down. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sean, what, what, real quick, just to recap any new listeners we have who haven't been with us since episode one and who don't love us enough to go back and li- rewatch all of our episodes, um, how did you get into Mike Young? Were you day and date? No, no, I, I absolutely not. I, I was living where we couldn't get cable, so Cartoon Network was a dream. Um, I eventually moved out in the fall of 2002 and i do remember that at one point i was looking around at the channels and there was an episode of the 2000x show and i'm like "Ooh, i i'd like to i'd like to finally get a chance to watch this and i ended up not being as wowed as i was because uh i've said this before i'll say it again i didn't know what this was going to mean because it was very rare uh to see something 
I loved as a kid come back that way. That was one of the first ones that I could think of where it legit here is He-Man again, but it's a different version and we're going to do a whole new cartoon. Yeah. So I, I remember watching whatever episode it was and going like, Oh, this, this, this isn't working for me. But then I went back a couple years later, YouTube, there was, I think it was dark child had them all uh, on his uh, or hers. Um, uh, on their channel and I started watching them from episode one on and I felt like a complete idiot for missing out on this series because once it got running I absolutely adore 2000X it's still uh, it's still right up there as my favorite and CGI is really close second like extremely close second so I like it I like it so this is snake pit let's go through this uh, sorry, got distracted there for a moment. All right, so this opens up. Uh, well, for, uh, real quick, this is one obviously that was already attracting lots of attention. Uh, when the series started, Cartoon Network like listed all the episode titles on their website and had like little one liners. And I was trying to remember today. I'm pretty sure we knew this was going to be a Cobra Con and Zodak episode. Um, I wish there was a way to find, like, because it, it was usually just his, like, little one-word description of the episodes, and they didn't spoil everything. Uh, so, obviously, fans were wild with speculation. Uh, just coming off Buzz Off's Pride, which, like we said, was not, not necessarily a great episode. So... It is one that I enjoy personally, but other people have not enjoyed it and each their own. Yep. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, so it just kind of, excuse me. Um, but we were definitely in that day and age, we were definitely going into it with like minimal information. So, uh, when stuff happens later in the episode, it, there was definitely some, some shock and awe. Yeah. Excuse me. So we open up. Uh, it's nighttime at the Royal Palace. Uh, we get a nice, uh, like, uh, rear shot of the palace. Um, I, I just, I always love when, when you do, like, it's so easy to just take your traditional palace truck in on it. But whenever they flip things a little bit, that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got we've got two guards playing the attorney version of chess. Um, and a little lizard creature sneaks in. And helps break Cobra Khan out of jail. Uh, and he heads to Snake Mountain. Sean, what do you think about this opening? The opening amused me because I know uh, one of the... Well, not one of the, but one of... Yeah, I'm right. One of the complaints that people have about the 2000X show in general is you're going to hear a uh, twirling sound quite a lot when there's <laughs> moments. And what did amuse me is... It, they, I don't know if they did it intentionally, but one of the guards, when Cobra Khan gets out of the prison, he actually does the twirling, and that's what gets him in trouble, which amused the heck out of me. Um, honestly, like it's been so long since we've talked 2000X. It's been so long since I've even sat down to watch this, though, that it did amuse me to go, it feels like coming home to see these guards... Yeah. And the and Cobra Khan and all this again, but yeah, it's really cool. He has his his uh, little lizard 
guy uh, helped break him out. And I love that the um, the emergency button is this like table, basically. Yeah, like, I know the best way to describe it, but I love that it's basically bam and then the table just starts lighting up and everything mm -hmm. i was like if there was ever a fail safe of a way that to know that something is going to happen an alarm is going to be sound that would be it because either a guard could hit it by getting thrown into it or he can hit the hell out of it yep. like the guy does um so that was that was a good job on duncan's part to make sure that was very easily accessible <laughs> Yeah, I always like what they did. What they did in Mike Young, you know, obviously getting away from the the necessary limited animation of filmation, it allowed them to do these things where you could let these moments breathe a little bit, where you could have yeah. these guards feeling natural, playing a game. You know, it's just another night. They're so used to a routine, and then even after Cobra kind of escapes through the sewers, you know actually seeing the search party, all the sky sleds, you know, going out sweeping the area with lights. You know, Cobra kind of ducting one of them to take the Snake Mountain. Like, it just... Mm -hmm. uh, and Cobra Khan's redesign. I remember seeing that for the first time. It's one of those, you know... I, I, overall, I liked all of the redesigns, but his is definitely one where it's like, he jumps out. Even uh, They do do the new toy thing of saying his name a lot. But uh, the second he comes out, any of us that had grown up would probably be like, that's Cobra Khan. Yeah. You know, no ifs, ands, or buts, but he, I've always loved this look of him. I, I like him the more, you know, he's kind of like Buzz Off. They made him a little leaner, yep. you know, a little tighter, and, but he still look, he looks dangerous as hell. You know, they he got does, that, yeah. that, that Hannibal Lecter mask mouth guard. Yep. Um, yeah. It's just, he, he's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And, what you're saying about the design, something that I like about that as they get into the Snake Men episodes further is he looks so petite later on. Yeah. Because the other Snake Men are so much bigger or wider or whatever, and he just looks so uh, diminutive, which I like, too, because that plays up how they view him. Yep. On top of it. It's like that pecking order in the way that they look at it. And, um so I, I dug that maybe they put that into the character design as well to make sure he looked as less menacing compared to the bigger guys out there mm -hmm. later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the whole descendant type thing that, like you said, definitely comes into play second season a lot more yep. than anything yep. else. Uh, but yeah, so we join up. Cobra Khan heads to Snake Mountain uh, and is captured by Merman and Too Bad. Uh, and taken in to Skeletor, who he swears loyalty to. Uh, he'll join. He wants. He tells Skeletor he wants revenge on the Eternians for imprisoning him, and that he'll tell Skeletor all sorts of secrets about how to get in and out of the palace, which he did do pretty effortlessly once he was out of his cage. So I mean, mm -hmm. uh, he's formidable. He's smart, and he's sneaky. Uh, because he's definitely got some ulterior motives. He's poking around Snake Mountain. He's, you know, uh, he's trying to, he's asking Skeletor if he even knows where some of these passageways go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I really, I really like this. So this, this interaction with him and the evil warriors, I, probably one of my biggest complaints about it is that I would have liked Cobra Khan to be a double agent a little bit longer. 
Like that's yeah. probably one of my few complaints. I kind of wish like this whole joining up had been a previous episode. And then, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Cause I really like him in the, in the where he's kind of like testing the water. They're walking down the hallway. He's like, do you know where that goes? You know, yeah. it's where do those stairs go? Yeah. And, and, and I love the beast. It's like, none of your business. It, like number one, I doubt he even knows. Right, but well, mostly it, the you know it, it, Skeletor only w- needs you for this. Therefore, yeah. why do you need this information? Yep, I like that. And, and it's that thing you're like, does even Skeletor know? And even, I think it puts some doubt in Skeletor. Like, wait, how much do I know about my own fortress? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and and I do like that there is a payoff of that later in the series for anybody who wants to check it out yep. there. There is some stuff going on here where it's like Skeletor has shacked up here, but it doesn't mean he knows the entire place like the back of his hand, which I love. It, it's yep. almost it is that feeling of he just went to the one place where he could make a home out of it the best that he could, but then the historical significance puts Cobra Khan at a completely different advantage in this in this situation. So. Yeah, exactly. It just, it's, it's that world building and just, yep. just a couple yep. scenes, very little, you know, and it just like, but you're just getting this whole thing. Uh, we cut back to the Royal Palace. We've got uh, Man at Arms, Adam and Tila uh, talking, talking about the, the Snake Men. Like just boom, right out here. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this, it blew my mind. I know. Regardless of me not being able to remember exactly what the Cartoon Network like tag for this episode was. I know that it was never explicitly stated that the Snake Men were going to be a part of this episode. I mean, you can speculate all you want, Snake Pit, Cobra Khan, and everything. Yeah. But even then, if you go back to the vintage material, Cobra Khan was, once the Snake Men arrived, Cobra Khan was more the dual agent in that he was serving Skeletor, spying on King Hiss. Yeah. Um... So like that, like Cobra Khan, the character was around long before the Snake Men were introduced. Vintage, so it's one of those things where it's like anything's up for grabs here. But even knowing Cobra Khan's in the episode, that didn't necessarily tell you like, oh, the Snake Men are gonna be here. Yep. Uh, whereas I think nowadays it's the opposite. Like if Cobra Khan's there, the Snake Men are gonna be with him. Yeah. Um, which we could debate back and forth. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, but. So, and I, I just love this interaction where, you know, Adam's like, oh, you know, I, I thought, uh, they were children's stories. They're yeah, basically true. urban legends and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't, if you don't go to bed, the snake men will eat you, which I yeah. try on my kids. Um, <laughs> I like that Orko even knows that one. I mean, granted the history of Eternia in this. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's they're from how far in the past but i do like that even orco knows well that's how they get to the kids to go to bed if you don't go to bed the snake metal each and he has the snake puppets <laughs> and he's like you know playing around with them and all that and um that that's one of those times where i'm like orco really does come in handy because he knows those kind of things when it comes to like the kitty the rhymes the yeah the nursery rhymes the children's stories and stuff like that that's so, I, th- I think he's yeah. a court jester he's entertained the kids exactly. he's told these stories he's learned yeah. you yeah. know uh but we're treated to the real history of the segment and how they were a force that almost enslaved eternia uh and they were 
finally defeated by Zodak and the elders working together and trapping them in a timeless prison. Mm -hmm. This is the first time we see the Snake Mountain with the three heads. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, when we see the ancient Snake Mountain. Yeah, I mean, just stuff like this was just blowing my mind watching this for the first time. These concepts yeah. that we never thought about before, you know. Um, it, that that one moment had me more invested in Zodak than anything anyone yep. has ever done character ever. Because in my own head, I'm like, okay, obviously the Snake Men are before Adam's time by a bunch. Yep. And then on top of that, you have, well, Zodak is now one of the the go-to guys if there's a He-Man level problem along with the elders. And there's a part of me that, that almost wishes that there could have been more stories talking about that and showing, okay, that's why there is a He-Man. On, Sorry about that. You were saying? I, I It just made me really excited to imagine, like, We're dealing with an Eternia where even if He-Man's not around, I'm invested in finding out more about things that happened because of how the Mike Young uh, Productions version does do that sort of stuff. So I I would have been thrilled to have like an episode where it would have been Zodak meeting with the elders to discuss how do we defeat these guys. You know, like that kind of stuff would have been like icing on the cake for me to make me go, I like Zodak now. You're, you're making characters that never were on the radar for me valid. That's amazing. You know? Yep. yep. Yeah, and just the like see, actually seeing King Hiss, they they obstruct his face for some reason. I guess Mattel hadn't signed off on the final design, but we still get a pretty good shot of him. It's pretty much everything except for the face. Mm-hmm. Um, which honestly, now thinking about it, they might have been bouncing back and forth because the final. New King Hiss uh, is definitely vastly different from the face of the vintage King Hiss. Yeah. So I, that could have been a sticking point where they're like, maybe we want it more vintage, or maybe not. You know, one side or the other. Um, but yeah, you know, and and the armies of Snake Men, right? Yeah. Like the, just all these these reptilian warriors marching into battle and being sucked into this void. Uh, you know, it's it's another like the like Snake Men were always the little faction. They were, you know, yeah. uh, most of the stuff I remember was literally King Hiss, Ratlor, and Tongue Lasher, like yeah. three dudes trying to cause trouble. Um, yeah, and and I mean, I will say too, one of the things about the statement that bugs me is it it did signal in Vintage and even in Two Thousand X, this is as far as you're getting. Like, this is the end of the road once we hit these guys, which is part of why it bugged me. Uh, yeah. it, from especially knowing I didn't like them in the vintage, then when I get to 2000X, they heralded the end of the series because it didn't go further. And it's like, ah, uh, but, but like when you see how they work, this yeah. is so much more of an interesting dynamic for the statement for me. Versus, here's a couple guys that want to cause trouble and yeah, yeah. and all that kind of crap. Right. You're, like, call, you're calling yourself a king. You've got two lackeys, dude. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like I bet he's naked too. Oh shit, he's got snakes. That's all he's got. You know? <laughs> like, 
so yeah, so we see we get all the backstory, and the masters set off to find Zodak to ask for his help. Makes sense. He's the guy who was there. Yep. Um <laughs> meanwhile, uh back at Snake Mountain, they Cobra Khan has gone over blueprints of the palace with Skeletor, shown him some secrets. And while Skeletor's coming up with a, a game plan to, you know, to break into the palace, Cobra Khan sneaks off for his own motives to find the secret passageway to the void and to open it up. Uh, I'm kind of sad thinking about the episodes that come that we never got, like, payoff with this. So did Cobra Khan just feed him a bunch of bowl? Like, it seems like they should have come back. Like, Skeletor still has seemingly good intel. Mm-hmm. And yet we never get, like, a, like there should have been an, an episode coming up where, like, he, you know, he's got this secret way into the palace. or You know what I mean? Like, the, it just would have been a nice payoff to that. It, You know, like, the best that I can do at this point is think, okay, when... When uh, Snake Mountain comes alive and it basically sucks Skeletor and all of the evil warriors. I haven't watched season two yet. I know you have. Spoiler (laughs) alert for anyone who hasn't, though. But but there is this whole thing of Skeletor basically not being involved in the end of the series because they didn't think that they were going to get canceled. That then makes me go... That would have been kind of cool to go. He knew some of this stuff because of this episode. Maybe when he when he uh, comes back, maybe it's doing something like that. Yeah. That would have been a hell of a way to go. He's in the freaking royal palace. How the hell did that happen? You know, or whatever. And it's like he can figure it out because he's he's following yeah. the stuff that he learned in this episode. That, like you said, the payoff of that would have been a hell of a problem for the heroes, and it would have been a great story. To to uh, have him like reclaim things, yeah, because exactly. they don't know where he's coming from, and, and that's that. usually the kind of stuff that Mike Young did. So maybe it wasn't the plans for that back yeah. half of season two that we never got because you know, like like they said, like you know, episode one, Skeletor didn't know about Castle Grayskull. Like he, it was a few episodes in before that, you know, yeah, yeah, before he, yeah, so. I, and. I still love that about it too. He's focused so much on one thing yep. that he finds out, oh, the power's from there. Yep. And I love that even everybody, even him, is like, that means nothing. It's just this wasted castle, whatever. It's like, oh, love it. See yep. uh, So while Cobra Khan's finding his passageways, the masters find Zodak and try and convince him to help them. Uh, he. Well, he he doesn't dec- he declines their help. He says, "Don't you worry, I've got this." Mm-hmm. Uh, he sits on his chair and he takes off. I, I love that they updated the chair, like that's <laughs> you know, because uh, that that was filmation Zodak. That was him riding through the cosmos, seeing all, blah blah blah. Like this is a very different character, and I like them separate but equal. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just that nice little nod where they're like, well, we have to make him travel. We might as well give him the the cool Metron-type chair. Yeah. Uh, for me, the coolest part, I mean, we already got to see him with the uh, the elders earlier, like I was talking about. But for from where I stand, 
Zodak has always been one of these characters that he's literally sitting there and just watching how it plays out. And he's, yeah. okay, one side can't get more than the other. It's almost like a parent, you know, like that. That's where it got weird for me with that figure as a kid. Like, it, it, he's got a blaster, but literally he's supposed to watch both sides and make sure that one doesn't come out too far over the other one because he's got to have a balance. And in this case, it's like, how cool is it? It's the first time somebody says, hey, there's trouble, Zodak. And Zodak's like, I got this. And he takes his... He takes his staff and he puts his helmet on and he's yeah. off to the races. There's a part of me going like, I want to, I want to go with him. Like, I got to see what this is going to be about now. This is so freaking cool. Yeah. And this, uh, the, the backstory, you know, he's, you know, he fought the snake men. He lost his brother to the snake men. We'll find out more detail about that in season two. But yeah. Just, just the fact that, you know, King Hiss killed his brother and, Essentially, he has sat on the sideline since then. He helped seal the snake men away, yep. and then he's like, "I'm good. I'm just gonna he he go he, he, you know his retreat in the Mystic Mountains got a little pagoda on top of a cliff, and he meditates. He meditates and everything. Many petties. And the like only that. thing that brings him back into action is, "Hey, Cobra Khan's trying to free the snake men." And then all of a sudden, all this stuff is like, and then he's like, no, I'm going. So it's still, I like that. It's still kind of that thing where it's like, you know, you don't question why he hasn't been here the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like he fought his war. He retired. Like he, you know, he made his peace. And now he realizes it's not over. Mm -hmm. And that, again, will will lend more to season two. Yeah, either that or if it's not over, it's the whole oh, it's starting up again. You know, in that yep. way. But either way, it's interesting, and and I like. I, I, at first, like thinking about this scene, I'm like, it is weird to think he doesn't know that that happens. But this is not the Zodak that we know. That right. so it, it is like it's this weird tightrope for me of like I have all of my prejudices previously about Zodak, but this one's proving me completely wrong on every level. And I do like that he, someone else has to come to him and like warn him. And because of his history, it's like, oh, I got this. You know, like it's, <laughs> I, I, I get a kick out of that. Uh, one thing I do want to point out, uh, as you know, I, I watched all these episodes day and date we, with my friends. Yep. And uh, the scene, you mentioned it, where he summons his staff off the wall. Mm -hmm. And we speculated so hard about that sword hanging on the wall there. Mm -hmm. That very Prince Adam-esque power mm -hmm. sword hanging on the wall. And that's one of the things... I, uh, my friends were convinced that that was Adora's sword. That yeah. was a sword of protection. And that Zodak had been hanging on to it. And th that that was going to come into play down the road when Adora showed up. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, I can't, I can't argue with that. I, I didn't think that they would go that route, that far of a deviation. But at the same time, I'm looking at it going like, yeah, I could see that as Adora's version of the sword. Because one of the things that they did in this series is, and I love it, not only was there the big size change between Adam and He-Man, but the power sword changed. It changed size and the, the hilt changed significantly. Like it wasn't... It activates. Yeah, it wasn't even just like a shrunk down version which I like that as well. 
And they did things like this where they included similar looking swords. Like you don't have to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're sitting there as the creators in the rising going like, hey, we need to make this. So, you know, uh, like we say, like, why doesn't everybody re- like Adam has a green tiger? He man has a green tiger. Like, yep. OK, so to me, you got to make green tigers more of a thing in this world. Like it can't be a one off. Same with the power sword. Like, OK, Adam has a sword. He man has a sword. Nobody else has a sword like this. You know, but they did a good job in the series where they created this weaponry to look similar. Like there, there is there, you know, like all kind of European swords, you can kind of see how they evolve from each other. Like it's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing. Like that's just the extra work that Mike Young put in that you don't have to, but it really helps the world building when you do. Yeah, and on top of that, I mean, I, I kind of dig that they don't have all of their eggs in one place. Because, yeah. like, um, I mean, we, we do have the problem later on in the series with the Sorceress, which I won't get into because I already spoiled enough. But there is some stuff going on where it's like, yeah. if you had everything all in Skull that way, and even if you had it hidden well enough, it's still, like, it, either then it's lost to time or someone can get it one mm-hmm. way or the other. And so having, if that is the Sword of Protection... It's kind of cool to go, okay, Zodak at least has access to that, and he he could give it to her, and maybe it would be more of like a mystical sword versus how uh, how the power sword works or something, too, because like even Filmation always had this sword could transform into whatever, so maybe it would have like a mystical element of it, kind of like Zodak with his powers in this version. All right, here we go. Th- 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 thanks, Nick, for inspiring... They're coming up with this thought, you know, 20 years ago when we watched it. Now we're spitballing our season three again. Yep. There you all go. right. So, we, so Filmation Zodak was all about the balance in the cosmos. So who better to give the other sword to? Yep. To keep the balance than to, hey, Grayskull, you got two swords here. How can we, we or the elders at that point. Hey, yeah. There's two swords. How, how do we trust you? All right, you take this one. And that's yep. part of his isolation even and then yeah. adora comes into the picture as a force captain she defects from the horde but like her mind's messed up i mean years of brainwashing horde training shadow weaver like so yeah. zodak takes her and zodak becomes her man at arms like tr- training her teaching her yeah meditation i mean she like has- i've got all my issues with the snake men that almost led to the fall of Eternia. You've got your issues with the Horde. Who better to show you how to defeat those demons than someone who's walked it? Oh my God, Sean, we got season. There you go. And and on top of that, on the original, uh, on the filmation show, she could heal with yep. her powers and so, so mystical. It works for me on that level in, in general. It's like, you know, his like the the sort of power literally is he is able to become so powerful he can fight like against the freak against snake mountain later on, which yeah. is one of the coolest moments. So it's oh, like, wow. that's all well and good, but then she could come in from the, the mystical aspect of it. And it's like, they're a, they're a well-rounded team if they have to work together then in that way. So, and, and like you said, it also would help her to fight off shadow Eaver spells uh, to, to program her to be who she is. 
there's a ton of reasons why if that is what it is, it does make sense completely. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, I feel dumb. Know. I didn't even see it. I just I was like, there's a staff. Didn't even see the sword couple couple areas down. No, like I said, if if, if if Nick and my buddies hadn't pointed it out 20 years ago, I wouldn't have even brought it up now. Other than like I said, like I know even at one point Randor uses a similar sword to the sword of power, like kind of similar in design. Like that mm -hmm. kind of stuff I noticed, but I I would have never went there with my prejudiced mind about where the story quote unquote should go. You know okay. what I mean? Like I would I I would have never come up with any of this for a door on my own. I would have been too filmation minded. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, we talked about like sometimes these guys like like my buddies they they remembered He Man, but they didn't live it like I did. You know, mm -hmm. like they they mainly watched it because that's what I watched. And I watched Transformers because that's you know, like it was that whole block of stuff. You know, yep. Nick was more into Transformers. So we watched the reboot Transformers that was at that time. Um, not Energon. Maybe it was Energon. I can't remember that. Um, but so it was, it was just one of those things. So, like, sometimes having that mind free of the, the past actually, you know, helps the creative side. We've had that discussion sure. before. Sure, uh, But back to the actual episode. So Zodak flies off. They've, uh, the masters figure he's gonna need their help regardless of what he thinks, and they take off after him. Uh, Cobra Khan is successful in finding the void, and he prepares to open it up and let the snake men free. Excuse me, while Zodak, uh, marches his way right into Snake Mountain, he doesn't even uh, try anything and uh and man are just throughout they kind of try and justify his powers uh with a line that he has the power to identify enemies weaknesses which whatever that means uh but what he what he ends up doing is blasting evil in's own spell against her as all the evil warriors fight him and pinning all of them including skeletor against the wall and he goes to confront cobra Khan. mm-hmm I mean, you want to you want to talk about an entrance? Yeah, that's a hell of a way to just there he is, and it's floating. He doesn't even walk; he's literally floating <laughs> through the air. Those glowing tattoos, yeah. full strength, like he is. Yeah, he's ticked. He's ready to go. He's got all this power sa saved up over the last millennia, and he is ready just to blow it all over the place. Absolutely, and. and uh, yeah, I, I am a fan of this moment because it it, it sets it shows where he is power wise for me. He can literally take down everybody in Snake Mountain with just one move. That makes me automatically go, I really want to team up with he and with him and He Man doing stuff then. Yeah, because like at um, we've seen it a few times on 2000X where He-Man gets to really like flex his muscles against Skeletor's uh, warriors, and it's really fun to watch. But when you have a guy that can just do one move and knock them all out, I want him on my team. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, as he goes to confront Cobra Khan, uh, the portal is opened, which... I was shocked at when this first aired. Uh, and we see Army of Snake Men coming out along with General Ratlore. 
So we get to actually see the updated version of Ratlor, like Sean uh, said earlier. He is a giant, hulking, draconian-type beast with a vicious rattle and that quick-strike neck we know and love. Uh, meanwhile, the Masters enter into Snake Mountain and uh, find all of the evil warriors except Skeletor pinned to the wall as yep. they hustle after Zodak. Uh, all of our forces meet up in the void room. Um, everybody's fighting. Fighty, fighty, fighty. Uh, Cobra Khan uses his venom. I love that look when he's got the hood out and the venom squirting. And that's such a great redesign. Uh, Skeletor interrupts, knocks He-Man into the void. Um, oh, I, I forgot. Sorry, uh, that was that's actually here is my biggest nitpick of the episode. So when they when the masters first get there, we literally still have Adam with all the threats that we're facing. Yeah, we still have Adam, and he pretends to get hit by Cobra Khan's venom and runs off blinded, um, and finally transforms into He Man. I gotta say, I did. Honestly, I didn't even need a transformation in this episode. If there's one episode you don't need a transformation in. This is it. I think it should have been He-Man from the jump. Man Arms Workshop, Cobra Khan's escaped, He-Man shows up, Tila shows up. What are we doing, Duncan? That could have worked. I, I When I was watching it earlier, I actually was like, we're this far into the episode and there's no transformation, which blew my mind. So we're kind of on the same level. But the one thing I was thinking, which I don't think it would have worked now, the more I think about it, is... Uh, like you said, Skeletor manages to throw He-Man into the void. Yeah, It might have been interesting if Adam got thrown into the void, but then he had to turn into He-Man, but then that would give it completely away because He-Man's yeah. coming to the void later on. No, I just, um, even if it had been after Zodak took off and, you know, he, Man-Arms and Teal are like, Adam, find He-Man. We're going after Zodak. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, you've got, yes, Teal is there, which is, an obstacle, but you have man at arms there to help you out. Who knows your secret? Like, I don't know. It just, it was a really late He-Man transformation. Yeah. Like, dude, we're dealing with some stuff here. Like mm -hmm. if this doesn't need He-Man, I don't know what <laughs> does. Like we brought no other masters with us. Yeah. So that's probably my biggest complaint of the episode. It's, it's minor overall, but it's just like, uh, I am just sitting there going like, why are we still with Adam? No offense, Adam. I love you, but like, meanwhile, all right, I'll spoil. Once we get to season two, Rise of the Snake Men, it's literally Sorceress waking Adam up and going, Adam, we need He Man. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. <laughs> but this time it's fine. Adam, you you go ahead. Yeah. Um. At least he's on the premises. <laughs> it's not like he's back at the royal palace just fishing or whatever. No, yeah, I know. It just it just it was it was a really but, weird choice when you had but, all these opportunities to you know Adam get He Man back when I, it was safer. I completely agree though because like I said when when we got into the fight between Cobra Khan and and Zodak, yeah, I was I was like okay, Adam showed up. He really hasn't transformed yet. Like this yep. is, we're getting close to the end of the episode, and and they're playing it kind of loose with the transformation. Even, even with this show, I there was always like this, you know, it 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 was more of a story point than it was in mm -hmm. 
like in filmation, it was just a given. You needed that moment because the kids would get pumped. Yeah. In this show, it is a lot more. We're going to save it until we actually need it versus it, it, it making like the cheering hurrah moment kind of a thing. Um, and, the, and it was and there's really good episodes where like there is a legitimate obstacle as to why he can't transform. But to me, like just Tila being there, like that's not mm-hmm. that's not good enough. Like yeah. he needed to find a way before that. Just yeah. Logically. Um, but yeah, we got, we got Zodak versus Cobra Khan. We got man arms. We got snake men. We got Rattler. Uh, like I said, one team man shows up, like Sean said, he's chasing Cobra Khan all around. They're jumping from pillar to pillar. And that's yep. when Skeletor takes the opportunity to knock him into the void. Um, I like Skeletor here. He's like, and he's just, he's on it. He's like, yeah, you betrayed me, but I can take out he man. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, and uh, uh, and and Zodak goes in to help He-Man in the Void, uh, and they come face to Shadow with King Hiss. Uh, we see him transform into snake form in Shadow. Again, I'm sure we were waiting for license or approval. Um, and, and Zodak, Zodak is ready to stay. He tells He-Man to get out, close the Void, and he's going to stay and finish this. Uh, mm-hmm. But E-Man won't let him, and Zodak relents. They jump back up with the combined might of Zodak's staff and He-Man's power sword. They seal the void, uh, putting almost all the Snake Men back. Uh, Ratlore is able to escape with Cobra Khan, and they vow that they will free King Hiss. Meanwhile, Skeletor realizes this has all been way too much of a fuss, and he's going to bed. <laughs> 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 while so, vowing that someday they will meet again and mm-hmm. man is sure that will happen yeah uh, where we finish up with a shot of zodak back at the royal palace why we went all the way back to the royal palace it's got to be a huge detour for zodak i was I thinking know, but uh where he tries to apologize and he man delivers the moral lesson that we will always need he man 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 and and on a personal level uh that that moral amused the hell out of me because of how yesterday worked out for me i went outside and apparently a uh, truck had apparently gone like 40 to 50 miles an hour through my neighborhood yesterday afternoon after my daughter got home and ripped a huge branch off of a tree on my prop or near my property and all of a sudden, it's on the road, and all these cars are trying to get around it. And mm-hmm. I, I was standing there about to, I'm like, okay, do I, do I grab it myself? What? This guy pulls around, and he gets out of his car, and I'm literally wearing my 2000X He-Man shirt on top of this, which I'm using. <laughs> and, and he goes, would you like some help? And I'm like, sure. And we both yep. pull it off to the side. And I'm like, I literally lived that yesterday. And you know what, He-Man? You're darn right. I, it isn't a bad thing to get help sometimes. Yep. So it just was like, here's this little bow on top of it all for you, Sean. There you go. And then I don't know if yours, where you watch it, but I watch an Amazon Prime, which does have the moral segments attached. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I watched so, it on YouTube, and that's yeah. the moral with him lifting the tree, but then all the other masters are back there lifting the other part with him. And yeah. I'm like, when it, ori- when it originally aired on Cartoon Network, they did no not more. have the moral segments, but pretty much every place... Every rerun since the initial airing has had them. In fact, they made them. Cartoon Network just decided not to air them on the first run through because they felt it 
age down the show. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so yeah, lots of th- like I said, lots of things we didn't even mention because it didn't really pay much to the story. Uh, we get our first glimpse of Webster in the shadows. Uh, he sees Cobra Khan sneaking through. And I have to imagine that's how Skeletor finds where, out where to go. It's never explicitly said, but that's what I've always done. And in the prison in the beginning, we see a tiny creature who, if you watch through the credits, like we all did back in 2003, you will see his name was Odifus, which yeah. quickly speculated that that was going to become Stinkor. And sure enough, two episodes from now in the sweet smell of victory, he absolutely will. Spoiler alert. Which is a freaking great episode. I love that episode. So yeah, so we got lots of lore, lots of history. Zodak, Cobra Khan, Webstore, Otifus, Snakeman, King Hiss, Ratlor. I mean, this this was one of the best reviewed episodes back in the day. I'd have to say it's still one of the best episodes of the series to this date. So much so that the ratings were so incredibly high for this episode. Uh, and the reception was so great that this episode alone decided the course of season two following the Snake Man storyline that it ended up doing. Uh, one day, one yeah. day we'll get more into season two. I don't think I'm going to get Sean to review every episode of season two, but I think we could probably do like an overall, you know, feelings about the snake man hey, um, yeah i mean but that's that's a yeah. big discussion ladies and absolutely guys. and no we we need to restart and go back in time to start that discussion right now yes. but but i mean the thing like i still have my hang-ups with certain elements on like young that it, it will never go away completely like i've found them endearing the older i get yeah. One of them is the transformation sequence to this day is not the best ever. I like the ones nowadays, like Revolution, uh, a revelation I thought actually was very well done compared to what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But the CGI one, I was like, it's okay, but it's like too much almost, depending if they give it the time or whatever. But, um, but this one, I remember still to this day looking at that and going, this is how they're doing this. Because filmation to every day of the week knocked it out of the park. Mike Young had a whole different way of doing it. But when you bring me a show that introduces the Snake Men in a way where they literally look like nightmare terrifying. Yeah. And, and like this is a problem and it really lets you see what that could end up being. When you're, when you're rebooting a character like Zodak and turning him into a man of action this mystical shaman who also is a warrior. Holy shit. Like this is good stuff. And it's making, it's making the the stuff that we knew as kids turn into something where now it's a different way of looking at it and you can enjoy one or the other or both, whichever way you want to go. No, I completely agree. It just, it's a great reintroduction to these classic characters, present them in new ways. I was in love with the look of Ratlor from the second he jumped onto the screen. Yep. He was menacing. He was a threat. And then, like I said, just the, just the presence of mind to leave that open-ended the way they did. Not Cobra Khan and Ratlor get away like, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when you know, you're first watching this me back in 2003 you shortly thereafter like years later yeah 
I'm sitting there going like, okay, there is the void and it has a same. I'm like, there's no way they're opening the void in this episode. We're just going to get there and He-Man's going to stop them. Yep. Oh, they open the void. Yeah. Oh, they make it out. Well, everyone's going to go back in at the end of it. No, Rattlor stayed out. Like, yep. that kind of stuff didn't happen. You, you reset everything. Like, this stuff didn't continue on. Like, you know, so it just is well-written, well-executed. And it's boom, boom, boom. I mean, once it, it goes, it doesn't stop. Yep. Um, I found it interesting, though. They did mention the sorceress a couple times, but they never actually showed her. And that was kind of weird for me. I'm like, why do they? Like, Man Arms is like, oh, the sorceress told us and everything. I know he mm-hmm. may says the sorceress told me when he makes his entrance yeah. just to explain him being there. Yeah. I'm talking more about Man at Arms. Like, oh, the sorceress sent us to you. It's like, we didn't actually see her at all. I don't know. Just another one of those. I don't know if there was maybe a scene cut in there um, or what, but it's like, it's just, I got a couple little things like that. But overall, on our rating of Power Swords, three is the absolute best, two is good, one is all right. You know, we got a Zodak right down the middle. That's Filmation Zodak with a C. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we got one Havoc staff bad, two Havoc staffs worse, three Havoc staffs is the absolute. Uh, I got to go a solid two power swords on this one. The action, all the characters, the history, the mystery, the magic and mythology that is shown <laughs> in this episode gives it a solid two rating for me. Damn it. I mean, we're, we're doing it again. I, I, was, I was going the same way, too, because the the new perspectives on things that I wasn't a fan of as a kid. Now I'm actually engaged in these things. And, um, and it is cool to think, okay, now they're, they're setting the stage to tell a bigger story about the history of Eternia and the, the fact that here's this menace that is literally like a children's rhyme. And now it's lit. It's it, the possibility of it being a bigger problem. It's pretty cool. Um, I was wondering if I could knock it down to one, but I I feel like that's undermining it. I got to go with two. I'd, I'd like to go higher, but there's just those little bits and pieces for me that I'm just like, I it's, like one more edit through, I think would have knocked this well, up to a three for me. Um, and that, that ending scene with Zodak, like that was so either, either don't do it or do it right there. Like, I don't know yeah. why we needed the jump to back to the palace. Like, I, I um, thought the exact same thing. It was almost like, hey, quick, let's do a nice little like life touch shot at the end of yeah. this where we're in a safe place, but now we can have our conversation. Like, And I, I, I probably on. honestly would have liked it to be a bit more ambiguous, especially 2020 hindsight, knowing where they go with it. Like Zodak seems pretty happy and pleased with the outcome here. I would have liked, you know, maybe, maybe if he, you know, he means like, hey, you know, he's like, Thank you. He means like, hey, we're always here if we need you. And he just kind of takes off. You know what I mean? Like maybe it, leaving, leaving him a little bit more. Granted, I'm sure they didn't know exactly where they were going to go with him. But like leaving him a little bit more stoic like he had been in the all the rest of the episode kind of would have set it up a bit more for what is to come. Whereas here uh, it's like, no, we're buddies, handshake and all that. I agree. I mean, the only the only thing about that, and I can't remember how it was going with the episodes previously and after it. I mean, you said what episodes they were, yeah. but it wasn't until season two 
where they were legit having to start going across Eternia and build the yeah. uh, the alliance that Randor wants to build. So it's like having the way that He-Man says it at the end almost feels like he wants Zodak to be a part of that alliance for Randor. But really, it's more, hey, I, I hope we can count on you in the future. And, and it would have been kind of better to have Zodak just... You know, all, instead of doing the whole soul, you know, my, alone or whatever he says, have him go, we'll see, or something, yeah. and just leave it at that, where it's like, you can see he's a little more open-minded, but it's very much like on his own terms versus, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the heroes would help him at a moment's <laughs> notice, but he'll help when he decides to help. Yeah. That's and, that's, and that's kind of more in line with our filmation Zodak, where like, I'm going to do what I want. If I want to help Skeletor, I'm going to help him. If I want to help He-Man, I'm going to help him. Like mm-hmm. that, I like I see that more now. Watch it back in the day; it was definitely like, "Oh my God, this is an all new Zodak." But rewatching it now, I'm more like, "No, they still kind of you know made him his own. He they just more yep. proactive when yep. he wants to be." So, yeah, phenomenal episode. Highly recommend it. Um, I really want to go watch Rise of the Snakeman parts one and two. So <laughs> they got right. you. That's how they do it. That's how they do it. All right, guys. We want to thank you for tuning in today. Let us know your thoughts on the snake pit below. Let us know what you're hoping for for the revolution trailer. Um yeah. and make sure and the, you uh, share, subscribe, listen to Sean. Also, uh let us know which of the vehicles or play sets you're hoping will be announced on the 12th as well. Yep. Yep. You can find us on Facebook in the legend Dottie group, or you can message me or Sean directly. We're pretty easy to find. Uh, there's also logpod 85 at gmail.com. Tony, I do have your email. We're not getting it today. Sorry, but next time. Uh, yeah. Like share, subscribe. Get us over a thousand already guys. Come on. Yeah. Help us out. please. All right, guys. Until next time, stay away from snakes. (sighs) Mm. Oh, come on.